0: Welcome to The Krieg DeVault Podcast, where we discuss the latest news, laws, and trends affecting your industry. Welcome back to The Krieg DeVault Podcast. I'm your host, George Lepiniotis. I'm joined today by one of my fellow attorneys here at the firm, Chris Bloomer. Chris, thanks for being with us.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Chris, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your particular practice. Yeah, thank you very much,
1: George. So my practice uh, really kind of runs the gamut. Uh, I do a lot of litigation, particularly construction-based litigation, and I'm also involved in our municipal law practice group, including litigation and day-to-day governmental affairs. All right,
0: and so... When we, uh, when we talk litigation, we're typically talking about that point in the world where two parties are not getting along and a court has to intervene one way or another, right? That's right. And so um, today's topic that, that you were and I were talking about recently that I asked you to join me on because I found it fascinating and I think it borders on this idea that we all have rights to our government that maybe we do, maybe we don't, um, is access to information or Freedom of Information Act, or uh, other types of things, why don't you start us with a basic primer? Under what set of regulations or laws do everyday citizens have the right to access government documents?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So you've got, uh, a lot of people know of FOIA, uh, Freedom of Information Act, and that's at the federal level. So at the state level here in Indiana, uh, many people don't know, unless you're in it day to day, like a lot of our municipal clients, they're not aware um, that Title V of the Indiana Code permits uh, citizens under the Access to Public Records Act or APRA to make a records request to a public agency. And so that can be, as you would normally think about, a city, a town, a county, uh, but it could also be a board, so like a BZA or commission, like a plan commission. And so uh, embedded within Title V is the APRA, and that sets forth the government's obligations when responding to these state-based records requests. Um, and of course the obligations on the records requester uh, be it a citizen or a corporation perhaps that
0: wants to get those documents from the government. All right so let's let's think about some examples. Uh, if I want records from the Internal Revenue Service, how would I go about getting those?
1: Uh, in Indiana that would likely be a, a direct records request to that, governmental body so likely the department of revenue indiana department of revenue likely um and working through those channels with which to make your request i mean under the apra there's uh you know a certain procedure you have to follow for example if the local governing body and we respond to these many times on behalf of our municipal clients uh, the local governing body can require a form to be produced in order to uh, get that process started and get, if
0: you will, the clock started on uh, when those documents should be produced. All right, all right. So if I am your everyday citizen, can I just walk into the Indiana Department of Revenue and tell the person at the front desk that I'm looking for records? I would imagine you could. I don't have
1: specific familiarity with the Department of Revenue, but generally records requests can be made in person. We oftentimes, with our municipal clients, see that they are being done electronically. as as many more things are becoming electronic nowadays, uh, or in writing, so submitted directly to the public agency
0: via uh, mail or even fax still. All right. Now, so we know that everyday citizens, corporate citizens, uh, and the like, in our state and across our country have access to records and information of the government. But that doesn't mean they have unlimited access, correct? That is right. All right. And I think about flipping the tables and imagining the government coming to ask a citizen for records, I think the response may not be quite so uh, quite so uh, uh, anticipated, right? I think when an when individual goes to request records of the government, they think they have a right to them. I think if the government asks for individual records, that individual may not think the government has that same right. And maybe that's true, maybe that's not. But there aren't, it is not a license to cherry-pick, is it? Are these laws just an open invitation to peruse all government records?
1: I think you've really hit the nail on the head there, George. So, um, yeah, and you mentioned litigation earlier when we first started talking. And a lot of the records requests or APA requests we're seeing within the state with our clients, they are starting to be, they have more of a feeling of litigation, actually, of formal written discovery. And that's not what the APRA was intended uh, to do, to provide a citizen or a corporate citizen. So it has to be, a records request has to be narrowly tailored because there's this understanding. um, And in Indiana, we have as a side note, a public access counselor who somewhat oversees the APRA and its implications, and if there's a complaint against a public agency that maybe they haven't given documents, that public access access counselor uh, will chime in on these issues. But the public access access counselor has indicated that a lot of these requests are starting to look a lot more like discovery requests, very broad, very burdensome, multiple pages long. Um, Anytime you get the request and it starts out... uh, I would like any and all documents related to X, Y, Z. You may have a problem because you're asking a public agency to comb through records, sometimes not limited by date. Sometimes these records could not be, uh, many municipalities don't have everything electronic at this point. So who's going to go search the filing cabinet? Who's going to go search the boxes that are out in the the storage facility? Uh, So it's very problematic. And no, to answer your question, it's not carte blanche to go, uh, just asking for everything. It must be narrowly tailored for right. what they're looking for.
0: And do you need a reason to ask? You do not need a reason. Not in Indiana. All right. Um, and so if, for whatever reason, a citizen wants records from a state agency or a local uh, municipality, they must ask, what are the limitations that both they and the municipal actor should be aware of in, res- in, in making the request? and in responding to the request? I think a few
1: certain documents are kind of wholesale, if you will, always producible. So like meeting minutes, the Public Access Counselor has indicated in the past that that should be produced every time, that should be produced promptly. It shouldn't take 60 days, 90 days to produce meeting minutes, Um, or things like agendas or agreements. Such as service agreements or wherever there's an expenditure of public funds, those are when you're when you're spending the public, uh, opening the public purse, those documents go out. They may need redaction to protect certain financial or sensitive information, but those go out. Um, in terms of the limitations, there there's an interesting test uh, for emails, and it, as everything again is moving electronic, a lot of records requesters are seeking emails between a city official let's say a mayor and a a councilman or councilwoman Uh, well those are public records because they're made during the course of public business uh, and those have to be produced but it's not where a records requester it's not the situation where a requester can come in and say give me all your emails with no date restrictor with no to or from restrictors Uh, no subject matter or term restrictors. Uh, There is a certain test to be had. I think it's uh, the most recent iteration from our court of appeals has been has upheld that it's you have to look for within the last six months. You have to have a to and a from and certain subject matter restrictors and that really helps uh, I think of course the public agency because then hopefully there's maybe not a sophisticated IT department for all localities, but at least you know someone there at IT that can run these search terms and filter things out, but also for the records requester because they're, they are able to more fine tune and really sit back and think, okay, what, what am I looking for? And what can I do for this public agency
0: to help them help me get what I want and quickly? So that brought up a couple of questions in my mind as you were talking, I, the first is, Is there a cost-sharing provision in Indiana law for these requests? And specifically, can the municipality, which is often running on tight budgets, defer the cost of responding to these requests, at least some of the hard costs, to the party requesting the records?
1: That's a great question. The hard cost, yes. Typically, that's done via an ordinance. Um, So you have your standard, and you see this a lot at the state level with non-APRA related matters but it's a per page copy price that a public agency can charge Uh, other things such as electronic media or cds like uh, you think crime footage things like that there are set costs that can be back charged to the requester and that is helpful for public agencies especially those with limited uh, budgets in terms of just searching the time spent for searching and again keeping in mind that APA requests have really, I've seen and our, our municipal team has seen they've exploded over the last few years. Um, there is no measure or cost sharing for actually searching and doing the legwork and frankly responding to the request itself because typically after the request is made, um, you know, there's an acknowledgement that has to go out. There are certain time limits under the statute to, to making that acknowledgement to the requester. And then there's a uh, response that goes out, typically along with the documents, usually about 30 days later, just depends on various factors. Uh, But no, there's
0: no uh, cost shifting, if you will, for actually doing the legwork and getting the records. That's interesting to me. I mean, I think about other governmental services or public services that are provided to citizens. And I mean, take, for instance, one we all deal with, the, 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 the BMV or secretary of state, whatever state you might live in, whoever regulates your vehicles and your licensure. Every one of their products has a charge because obviously with so many citizens being able to freely ask and request and and get these things, an establishment needs to be created to handle the workload. Is that a reality in the state of Indiana, for instance, that there are so many requests to these various agencies that they're starting to have to make it a budget item and having to create a mechanism within the agency to respond to these things.
1: I would imagine at the state level. I know at the local level, a lot of our clients have not necessarily a dedicated APRA or records requester department, but it certainly becomes a big a big chunk of time to spend on those requests as they come in, evaluating the request. Um, you know a lot of the nuances with the APRA that our clients are looking at is within the statute itself Uh, there's penalties if you do not produce certain records that have to go out and uh, certain penalties if you don't get those records out in a timely fashion on the flip side there are penalties if you disclose information that is protected by statute and should not have been
0: disclosed so, I mean, it seems like a slippery slope for a municipality.
1: It's a very tight line to walk with the timing restrictions, um, with the acknowledgments going out and the records going out, uh, not overly redacting, things of that nature, and then making sure that it's been vetted for before those records go out. Absolutely, that they're that they're ready to go and that they should be in the hands of, at that point, the public and no
0: longer the public agency. So on a smaller municipality, who would vet? The responses before they go out would that be council town council city council and when i say council i mean attorney town attorney city attorney
1: we see that very often a lot of times the the gatekeeper the initial records receiver is the clerk treasurer uh, as the records keeper for the the locality if you will Uh, And then, yes, as those are filtered through the organization. If it's a standard request, um, you know, typically they may not see legal counsel um, with the variety of requests that come in. But on a more thorny response, yes, it is typically legal counsel that is involved and frankly should be involved to make sure that the request has been filled, uh, that the requester knows that. You know, if they want to submit a second request, a third request, that's that's the right to do so, um, and that they'll they'll be evaluated when those new requests come in, and then the subsequent documents that go out, that those are
0: proper and in accordance with Indiana law. Got it. Well, and like any other part of the law, and we said it early on, we talked about litigation. I'm assuming that these types of requests can sometimes become cantankerous and lead to litigation, what have our courts said? Or is it the, what was the title you gave to the state-level administrator? Does, does that administrator resolve disputes when there are disputes, or are disputes typically handled by our courts? They
1: can be either, or they could be both. <laughs> so it, it depends. Great,
0: great non-answer, thank you for that.
1: <laughs> and for a little, little bit more context <laughs> to that non-answer. So yeah. you, you have the public access counselor who if under the APRA, under the statute, under Title V, if the records requester is unsatisfied, that requester can make a complaint with the public access counselor and depending upon that the the decision by the pack or public access counselor um, that could lead to certain attorney's fees shifting in uh, the benefit of the requester which you can imagine is a really big problem and a concern for localities and municipalities Um, even without resorting to the counselor in the first instance yes a requester can go to a court and request an expedited hearing um, and file a complaint, a lawsuit against a, a public agency claiming that their rights under the APRA were violated and that they're entitled to see certain records. Um, so you'll see certain news media and others that are um, you know, more frequent in this litigation as they're requesting more public records over time. Um, and our court of a, uh, you know, trial court level and court of appeals and Supreme Court will then make decisions and determine, uh, you know, essentially, you know, what was met under the APRA here and who's entitled to relief and potentially attorney's fees. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Well, that is a very interesting topic. For, in Chris, in your practice, the way I'm gauging our conversation today, you represent mainly municipalities in these types of requests, is that correct? That is correct. So for our municipal actors who might want to know more or learn more about your practice, uh, they can always find your biography as well as some of your other thought leadership on our website at kriegdevault.com. Um, and, of course, you are available for these types of discussions because it is a slippery slope and something that every municipality, as, as more information is being generated than ever before, responses to these are, I would imagine, becoming very complex. Yes they are. absolutely. Well thanks, Chris. I appreciate the time today. I, uh, I, I learned something and hopefully our viewers our listeners did too. Uh, to those of you listening, I appreciate you joining us again and look forward to another episode of the Krieg Devault podcast where we will uh, focus on another very interesting and intriguing legal topic.